0: Let's hear some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I want to know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I want to play.
1: Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan.
0: And I'm Ben. And today we're discussing the film When Harry Met Sally.
1: And joining us today is our special guest, Abby Crutchfield. So welcome, Abby. Abby. (laughs) Thanks, you too. Ben and Susan for having me.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. We're yes. very excited to chat with you.
2: And special yeah. guest, Harry Connick Jr. Oh, yes, my exactly. God.
0: Uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing your good friend on the show. Yes.
2: I tried listening to his like latest stuff. I just was like, you know, telling my uh, Amazon device, I don't want to yeah. say it out loud or she'll turn on. Right. But I was like, play some Harry Connick Jr. And it was just some cool jazz song, but I was like, this isn't when Harry met Sally. <laughs> turn it off. Yeah, no more. <laughs> Apparently, I only like that and his Christmas album. Yeah. That's what he's <laughs> Known for right, yeah,
1: I feel like that's probably 90% of his audience. Uh, sure.
2: I <laughs> hope so. Just people yeah. like me who are just like, play 10 songs and that's <laughs> it at his concerts and <laughs> get off the stage.
0: <laughs> so, Abby, can you tell us a bit about what you do in the entertainment world?
2: Uh, yes, I am a Harry Connick Jr. impersonator <laughs> and I work in New York City or Brooklyn. Well, I don't work in Brooklyn, I live in Brooklyn, I work <laughs> in nyc as a comedian comedy writer host personality um i'm a slash person i have <laughs> many jobs totally. yeah. slash superhero but i don't yeah. like to talk about it it's a nighttime job <laughs> and i've done that for over a decade now but i'm from yeah. indiana i'm a yeah. i'm a hoosier yeah and i studied well i i have like education in georgetown in washington dc yeah and but then like my entertainment studies then went back to Indianapolis and I did like open mics and dinner theater and joined an improv team. And then I did some commercials and I did some modeling and I did, uh, like maybe two student film type things, like some films, some independent films, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I moved to New York to wear a hooded sweatshirt and be sad into a microphone. for a few years, <laughs> I was like, I lived in here like glitz and glamor. I'm ready for the big time yeah. one singular sensation. And I have a top hat and fishnets. And then I got <laughs> to New York and, and I was just like, I am not a big fish in a small pond anymore. No. And it just kinda, my shoulders started to slump and I just started to hide my face under a hoodie. And I'm like, so, uh, what the heck did I even talk about in my early days? I was like, Oh, I know what. I worked at like an office job, so I was just talking about like office life and corporate stuff all the time. And (laughs) don't you want to just leave your job and mentally take a break? And it was just very morose and... My husband, who I was dating at the time, was like, what are you doing? Who is this new character?
1: <laughs> is this like is depressed this? me? Yeah. <laughs> what is this brand of comedy? <laughs> yeah, yeah it was very, very
2: alt very alt. <laughs> but then I, then I, that kind of wore away and I started being smiley and laughing again. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so can you tell us specifically what any of the projects you've worked on? I moved to New York
2: and one of my earlier on-camera appearances was through College Humor yeah. because I was also on staff there. I was doing some social media work for Thanks. them. So that was super exciting to get to be a part of their like memes or videos or something. Yeah, yeah for sure. SNL had a an offshoot on YouTube called Broadway Video where they would have wow. some of their cast members be in music videos or movie parodies. And so I got cast in a few of those, which is really fun. So I got to work with a lot of cool talent like Jay Farrow and Kate McKinnon. yeah. So I got to do some of that stuff, but then a wider audience was available to me when I worked for people. I was a, like a celebrity journalist correspondent. I I was not a journalist. I was, I was an interviewer. I did interviews and I (laughs) met a lot of cool talent that way. Some more SNL folks, but also people, um, on TV and in film. So that was super exciting. After that, I hosted, you can do better on true TV. I think I'm not skipping anything. And Then I, most recently I've hosted a late night show by moms for moms called Up Early Tonight. And it was, it worked out well because I was a mom at the time. So Mm -hmm. I have one child that I know of. (laughs) And so it felt like a very comfortable fit. And in between then I've had, I've had different jobs, different hosting Mm -hmm. jobs, different comedy writing opportunities. But those are the ones that people, if you Googled, you'll find some of
1: those, some of that stuff more. Yeah, and you also do stand up, right? Pretty stand up. Yeah, yeah, not on
2: camera. I right. don't have yeah. a Netflix
1: special yet, but yeah. I do
2: I am working towards an album this mm-hmm. year which I'm super awesome. excited about. Cool. Yeah. So more people will hear my comedy, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I've been I've been writing and performing stand up for over 15 years and all in new york i toured for a few years at a time across the country with some women um first we were the pink collar comedy tour because it was like (laughs) it was very cute because it was like blue collar but for pink collar jobs which were like traditionally held by women, whatever. We didn't get sued. Thank goodness. But we did pivot and change our name (laughs) to, uh, (laughs) to our acronym, like of our first names. So Caitlin, Abby, Kate, I'm sorry, Carrie, Abby, Caitlin, and Aaron spelled out cake. So we were the cake comedy tour, which we thought was so much more easy to remember and easier to create a logo for. Yeah. That taught me a lot to tour with them because it was a lot better than like opening for a headliner or something at a comedy club, because I mean, it was more work because we had to promote in the streets and send stuff ahead of time and try to book radio interviews and things like that and television appearances before we arrived out of town, which is really, we had to be our own managers essentially, Mm -hmm. but um, we got to travel together, so. A big part of what makes stand-up hard is driving on the road, yeah. at least to me, and seeing the same chain restaurants over and over right. again pass you by and the same dead deer on yeah. the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After a while, you're just desensitized. Like, oh, yeah, he deserved it.
1: Shouldn't have gotten in the road, buddy. Yeah. The first one you see, you're like, oh, no, he probably yeah. had a family.
2: And then the last one, you're just like, ah, that one's interesting. It looks like a, looks like mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't happen when you're touring with people because you're actually talking with each other and telling stories and working through life issues Mm -hmm. so uh so that was a great experience and then my husband Luke Thayer is also a comedian and we are essentially the same comedy generation so yeah I tour with him sometimes which is really really fun yeah
0: that's awesome yeah yeah how unique so um do you guys do like sets together do um perform together or do you just uh, travel three around? to five
2: times a week oh you said set ah. okay
0: got it <laughs>
2: we do that um yeah. well people ask us that like are you guys performing together and truly stand up is like you're there on your yeah, own unless yeah, you're right. a stand-up oh. duo so right. we do not share the stage at the same time but sure. uh, i'll open for him mm-hmm. luke have you ever opened for me you have right Sometimes he'll open for me. Yeah. He's got he's got a headliner <laughs> set under his belt, so he will do the hour, and then uh-huh. I'm working towards recording mine, so I will open for him. Yeah. But it, I mean, if we're both doing the same amount of time, sometimes right. we flip flop the order. Yeah. Cool. Um, but oh my gosh, he crushes! It's so fun to watch him. Mm-hmm. so so yeah what was the question oh yeah do we uh, do them together yeah, yeah it's not like it's uh, i sit on his lap and he pretends right. to be a an ventriloquist <laughs> right, right right and i just go bah, 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 bah. <laughs> are you two a couple i should have asked that before we the are, show yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. married, yeah so you know what it's like to be married right. and work together yes yes we yes, do definitely yeah and we also
0: do uh perform improv together and stuff yeah. so we are on stage together sometimes
2: yes. very nice improv mm-hmm. luke and i both Studied improv when we moved to New York, but yeah. it did not stick with either of us. Now, I I think I joined an indie team and then I was on a sketch team at UCB for a okay. while. So um, I skipped like the journey to getting all the jobs that I mentioned. Right. But, right. Um, but that was part of it. And it's funny because we thought that stand up and improv would go hand in hand because yeah. sometimes with stand up, you need to do crowd work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with improv... I don't know, you need to be funny. But the two, it's like training two different parts of your brain. Your muscles are all different. Stand-up, you need to learn to be stoic and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Improv, you need to be like, get in there, go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who cares what happens? (laughs) Who cares? Be dumb looking. And and stand-ups like have to look cool at all times. So it was uh you had usually people pick one or the other. If you're great Mm -hmm. at stand-up and improv, which I think. I think maybe Mike Berbiglia is up yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. He can do yeah. both. Yeah. That's uh, a good it's, it's a it's a quite an interesting skill because yes. um, to me they're they're both different. So that's great that you guys can yes and each other. That's probably yeah. one of the things that makes it hard to work with my husband if we do have to share the same space. Yeah. and like put in creative input in real time. Mm-hmm. There's like it's hard not to go uh, maybe do it this way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: but. Um, we click, so it, yeah. it's not horrible. It's just right. kind of like, I can just feel like the gears grinding, like, but i yeah. want to do it my way. <laughs> i want to do it my, but what about my
1: way? So yeah, we've both tried stand-up and I think it's actually way harder than improv because I feel like in oh, improv, yeah. I don't have to take responsibility for anything. Like it's all made up, but mm-hmm. like- Stand up. You're like, I wrote this stuff, and I think it's funny enough to be up here. Tell it to you guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I take it personally if I bomb in either thing. Like yeah. I would just be yeah. like,
1: it does feel it I bomb, gotta they get both. They both feel terrible when they're not going well.
0: <laughs> in improv, you normally have support from your team, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's, right. it's very rarely right. are you on your own versus stand up. I mean, that's that's a solo act. Yeah. So. yeah.
2: I I hear you, Susan. I know. Like you, you take to one or you you don't take to right. the other. Yeah. I
1: think I just
0: yeah. To,
1: And
2: like absolutely but both of them if you put time into either of them sure yeah that's That's what the muscles develop they'll get better
0: right how did you make the transition from interviewing folks and doing stand-up and stuff like that to actually hosting and then landing a show
2: well interviewing people that was like that was a big deal and it felt very different from i think before that I, i had done some stuff for vh1 and mtv there was um this era of music videos and then comedians commenting on them Mm -hmm. so there were different types of shows like that out there and so that i was very kind of used to talking as myself and offering an opinion and thinking in real time and creating jokes and then knowing people through either college humor or that kind of like mtv Mm -hmm. world someone invited me to sub for them for a youtube show that was on pop culture it was like stay up and watch (laughs) Yeah, the show. What's the show Carrie Washington's in that was very, very popular? Scandal. Scandal. Is it Scandal? Yeah. Yes. they are like stay up and watch Scandal in real time, and then we're gonna scribble jokes, and then we're gonna record this thing at like 2 a.m. It was the craziest. <laughs> I don't know why they ran it this way, but I did it. And it was super fun. Yeah. And they got me dinner, so I was like, great Chinese. Food. Awesome. Yeah. And um and that recording of that show it was shot in the same building that the People show ended up shooting in. So it was like the Time Warner family. They had me on file, so they were looking for a host and they were looking for somebody who could be funny and fresh and real and off the cuff. And it was going to be a live show, so they wanted somebody who wouldn't get spooked by having to work in real time. So all those things kind of just came together and the stars aligned and they looked at that as a demo tape and asked me to come in. And then it was a chemistry test. This was Mm -hmm. a new word for me at the time. They were Mm. like, we have a host in mind, but we want um, to have a buddy host. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So, can you be a friend? And I was like, I'm a very good friend. <laughs> and so, um, oh my gosh. But the host who at the time, who I believe still hosts people now, unless it it actually, I think the show that ended and he does something else with people. Now his name's Jeremy Parsons, super funny guy, super likable, very, very talented. He now does a ton of red carpet and like, he's all over the place. He's on like good morning America now. And, but, but through that work at people, like he really, Mm -hmm. um, made an, made a lasting impression there and became like the heart of the show. So I clicked well with him. We had a ball and that was, a whole new ball game. Like honestly, anything else I'd done it was self it was like recorded in a studio. Mm-hmm. Um I had done live performances or like live auditions with comedy right. which were pressure cooker situations, but this was you have to read a prompter and listen to somebody in your little microphone in your ear, which I always call that IVF, but I don't think it's IVF. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that's a medical. Uh, thing. That's something else, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, someone look up the right way to call that microphone. And you had to make eye contact with a person who you were asking questions and answering in real time. So I had to be like, tell me more about, uh, this uh, show you're hosting. And they would be like, well, what I love about it is, Mm -hmm. and then as soon as they'd start talking, the showrunner in my ear would be like. Ask him about this. Oh Ask him God. about that. And I'm like nodding and uh-huh, uh uh-huh. And then I'm re- reading the prompter and the prompter's skipping ahead. And they're like, because one of the production person people yeah. is like erasing a question because the show would have told them to. So it would just be really frantic. My <laughs> you God. Had to, you had to keep a very straight face. Yeah. And also I had to have this energy that was just like, it was freaking early in the morning. I got up yeah. at 4 a.m. just to leave the house at 5 to get there at 6. Having had no breakfast for two hours, Ugh. and then we would eventually be on camera by eight. But just the idea that I had to be up since four was insane yeah. to me. So I would be dead tired, but we'd be like doing push-ups before the show and right. like high-fiving cut. each other just to get amped. Yeah, so anyway, God. none of that is like stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy happens at night. You should be asleep <laughs> by eleven a.m. <laughs> it was it was insane to me that I did that job, but it felt you know very in the wheelhouse of being likable and right. having fun and laughing and yeah. getting to know people and it was super exciting to me mm-hmm. to get to meet everybody that I did so yeah it was great like yeah. my very first interview was Morgan Freeman oh my wow. god I was like, I've heard of him <laughs> oh my god <laughs> will you be my grandpa yeah I was
0: very <laughs> I think he's America's grandpa
2: yeah he doesn't want to be but he yeah is. yeah that's <laughs> he's that. he think I mean he he's a cool guy yeah. So he was just like you know I think at the time he was celebrating a big birthday and the studio wanted to be kind and give him a cake and he was yeah. just like, all those candles. Like he was not. <laughs> he was doing a Shawshank redemption narration for himself. He was just like I love that. What a travesty. <laughs> but it was it was funny and it was very exciting. Yeah. That's what it was mm-hmm. like working there. That's, wow, awesome. that's
1: crazy. You kind of talked about your path a little bit, but what really got your foot in the door? it's really hard to pinpoint actual strokes of good luck or smart moves, but I will say that
2: never stopping Mm. in trying to this is so silly because i hate bottling up as advice because then people will be like aha this is what i do yeah right and this is what i eat and this is where i live (laughs) and it really doesn't work that way but one consistent through note i think for all the work i've ever done is that i don't stop showing up and Mm -hmm. trying so there's a ton of rejection that you won't hear about because that's very boring right and there's a ton of sad cereal eating at night that (laughs) sure (laughs) doesn't that doesn't factor into oscar Mm -hmm. nomination or like oscar awards yeah like i want to thank everybody you know. The teary moments. The reason they're crying is because (laughs) they didn't think it would happen. (laughs) And they are so tired. (laughs) Because it's not supposed to happen. Like statistically, entertainment is is very, very thankless. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what helped from around 2010 till 2015 was being very active on Twitter yeah, because I mean, and now what you're seeing is like TikTok and Instagram, mm-hmm. but um, people just kind of sharing their comedy, sharing their, their own particular voice and finding their audience yeah. through social media. Because when I was coming up, like before I entered entertainment, a big thing for comedians to do was get on just for laughs festival, yeah. get a TV deal where they'd be in a multicam sitcom about their life or about mm-hmm. a character that was essentially built around them. So like, Seinfeld, Roseanne, King right. of Queens. Like, do you remember this era? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. then from that sitcom, just get in syndication and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes getting even to that moment of getting a sitcom, you'd have to be on a late night show. So something on one of the big networks, yeah, uh, namely the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Yeah. And you would perform your stand up set there. And once you had gotten the green light to perform there and you did well, you'd be open welcome in any comedy club and then from there you could build your set build your audience be famous it does not work like that and it didn't work like that when i entered the business that was just when i was like coming up right right right. it was all the landscape was already starting to change with cable so there was no longer the big networks there was like any network and late night you know people were starting to experiment with what late night even was with what the format would be and so it was more sketch it was a little less comedians doing panel and some shows, even daytime shows just didn't even have comedians. I remember Ellen show had comedians occasionally. Cause mm. I remember seeing Amy Schumer on there a long yeah. time ago, yeah. but like sometimes they just didn't have that. And then you started to learn like, Oh, some of the late night shows only book, like, I don't know, this is wrong, but six people a year, you know? So it was a very, very small number. And then even if you did get on one of those, you couldn't then suddenly sell out in all these clubs. Right. So it just, it just got spread out. So then with the advent of social media, people started to be able to be seen and build a name for themselves and build an audience of people who recognize them without the industry knowing. And the industry had to catch up and be like, mm-hmm. oh, you're famous on Vine. Who are you? You know. And this was before the term influencer was coined right. sure. and before we all just became big, commercial sales people. Right. I also forgot to mention, I do commercials and that's a big mm. part of how, I, that's how I got into Screen Actors Guild okay. and how I'm able to act in like on television in yeah. SAG approved roles. So... That was huge for me. Was taking like a commercial acting class, and then being seen by representation, and then kind of like trying to audition for rep- different representation. And then one mm-hmm. of them signed with me. So that's another step. But back to like leveraging social media, it was kind of huge because otherwise you just had to wait for someone to care that you were on the show. And yeah. what I would see as a black woman was just like white guy after white guy after right. white guy. Ben, I'm sure so you've heard this.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I have. It's
2: okay. <laughs> You're used to it by now. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's like, ah, my opportunity. I should have been born 20 <laughs>
1: years earlier.
2: But truly, like, it would just yeah. be like, oh, shoot, because of that quota. Right. It's really, really hard to squeeze in. And right. I didn't believe that, like, oh, therefore I have to be cutthroat among or I have to be the best black woman I've ever seen. It, I didn't feel that way. I yeah. just felt like, dang, this path is narrow. Like, wow, yeah, this yeah. is super tight. And yeah. how do, who do I, then you had to be, I feel like I had to really strategize. Like, who am I talking to and mm-hmm. who cares about what I have to say? So anyway, I mean, that's the business side of it, of trying to figure out how to strategize because you've spent years trying to already figure out what makes you funny. And yeah. then you spend the next few years figuring out like who likes what you do among the people that can't pay you or that yeah. will pay to just like see you perform. But yeah. then the people who like, cut the checks and who want to hire you for the projects. That's who you really in casting. You want to kind of show them that you've got something to offer and Twitter made it easy. It kind of like leveled the playing field a little bit at the time. Right. And, and it was like, anybody could do this. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's really funny because maybe this feels new with TikTok, but I doubt it's new that anybody like person at home in the middle, my niece who lives in Indiana just started like, you know what? I'm yeah. just going to start videotaping my routine. And she edits it real tight and she mm-hmm. adds cute music. And I'm like, ah oh, you look like a famous person. Good job. right yeah. Um, yeah So, so it maybe seems like now we're, it's like deluded yeah. that anybody can do this, but I really do think that it's still about producing content like you would, Mm. even if it wasn't social media and you were still on TV, you'd be like coming up with a TV show and being professional and getting ratings, you know, like all that, all the kind of dynamics are still there with comedy. It's just, uh, it's just different. And fortunately it's open to a larger group. I don't think it's come. It's equality is not there yet, obviously. And Is the world ready to see a polyamorous disabled couple or throuple, you know, like, uh, you know, we haven't seen all of that yet, but right, right. but um, but I'm working
0: on it.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> so it seems you know we watched some of your stand up, which is great, Abby. Mm-hmm. And you know, from your stories about you know, the show about you know being a mom and all these things, you seem to really connect a lot of your personal life with what you talk about either on your shows or in your stand up. How do you blend you know your personal life with your professional life? You know, how do you draw from that and you know make that work for you?
2: Well, I'm my favorite subject. (laughs) A lot of my comedy is autobiographical, I think just because I started out that way when I was learning how to do stand-up. My very first set was about working as a waitress because... I think because I had in my head, write what you know. Yeah. And also I rented a book from the library called the comedy Bible from Judy Carter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and awesome. She was, she was trying yeah. to create a manual. It was in the days of like the idiot's guide to this, yeah, you know, true. like there yeah, was an totally. answer for everything. So she was like, eh, why not? I'll give you the basics. Yeah. And so her advice was start with something that really bugs you. So I just was like, ah, uh, this is what's hard about working as a waitress. And then I yeah. did that for three minutes on a, at a local open mic. And so it doesn't, I don't, I don't know what, you know what? I never felt educated enough on politics to have an opinion. Yeah. You know, like Twitter might reflect otherwise now that I know how to do takes on right. things going on. Yeah. And you know, I've written monologue jokes and things like that, but entering into stand-up, I just knew about what I cared about and mm-hmm. I still have subjects <laughs> like for years that I haven't, I just haven't bothered writing on them, yeah. but that are interesting to me. Like for example, For a while, I don't know if it still happens, when I would walk into Target, it would smell like popcorn. And I would be like, isn't that interesting? Shouldn't we write a joke about Target smelling like popcorn? And then I did, and it never was funny. So (laughs) that's that's comedy. So it's kind of like, uh, I just feel like some of the things I would like to write about, I haven't Mm -hmm. really... So like the the through line for my comedy is that it's about whatever I'm going through in life. Yeah. If I have an office job, if I'm engaged, if I'm married, if I'm mm-hmm. expecting, if I'm had a baby, you know, yeah. like, so I just have different, there's different jokes like that. But then there's also just um, most minutiae of daily life. I guess back in the 80s, they called it observational comedy. Right. Sure. You ever notice? So <laughs> things like you ever find out when you go to microwave your coffee or reheat it that your coffee cup's already in there. And you realize you've <laughs> disrupted the space-time continuum. It's like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> so I'll just like notice that about my life, that I have a very yeah. groundhog day existence and then <laughs> start writing jokes about that. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> I feel like I'm teaching a master class I know. right now. I That's knew. exactly what we want. This is great. It's awesome. Welcome to Skillshare. I'm yeah. your host, Addie.
0: <laughs> so you talked a little bit about you know being in commercials, being a you know, being an actor. How do you prep for different roles is, is prepping for, you know, a talk show hosting different than prepping for acting like in a commercial or on a show, something like that?
2: Well, yes. I mean, there's physical preparation of like, I need to shower and make sure my hair is nice. I need to have my makeup on. And so a lot of, because of um, the pandemic, a lot of self tapes and auditions were virtual. So I had to get the equipment And my husband and I invested in some like podcasting equipment so he could do Mm -hmm. his podcast and lights so maybe we could shoot something for YouTube. Those lights have come in handy for actual auditions. And so I now have we have like this quick way to set up. And you have to be able to set it up so that you can tear it down, by the way, because we live in a shoebox. It's like (laughs) everything must fold down like a transformer and then (laughs) hide in a closet. Mm -hmm. So so just becoming quick at that and then managing your time of like, okay, I'm going to need an hour to get this ready for that. So I know it's at this time. Now we have a child too. so. He'll take her to the playground while I shoot this thing. And so that's part of the prep too, honestly. Yeah. And then as for the actual role, if you've, got act- if you've got lines that you need to memorize and you have to make them your own, like that's that's for the actor's studio. Like you truly need to watch. Yeah. Like that's a whole thing. Yeah. That's rarely <laughs> what I do. What I do if I'm acting or preparing for commercials is often they want your actual personality to shine through. Right. They often give you the, the advice of, say it like you're talking to your best friend. Right. And when I started out and that was not natural and the word was, I love this yogurt, you have to try it, I would, you'd have to say your friend's name ahead of time. That's what they would tell you in commercial acting oh, okay. class. Like, say Sarah. Sarah, I love this yogurt. You have to try it. Like it just changes the way you, because you, yeah. you think you'd always talk, picture a friend in your mind and how you like feel when you're around them. And then it changes how your voice sounds. Right. So yeah. you don't sound like I am sharing information. Uh-huh. You're like, Hey, let me tell you this thing. So that is kind of helpful in prep of just like getting in the headspace of mm-hmm. finding out what they want. I always have to read what are the direction, what are the cues. And then I, do I rehearse it ahead of time? Yeah, sometimes I rehearse it ahead of time, especially if it feels like it's out of my wheelhouse. Like the person they're describing doesn't really feel like responding the way I would usually respond, which is very (laughs) typical for actors. Like I (laughs) wouldn't say it this way. (laughs) And so it helps to get the words in your mouth and say them out loud. Um, Also, I just think it's so weird to have a script that you need to say out loud and you haven't said it out loud yet. Like, because hearing it for the first time, you're just like, that didn't sound a thing like I said it in my head. In my head, I was all... Concerned, I was like, "Where are the kids?" But out out loud, I just was like, "Where are the kids?" Yeah. And it didn't work. So you really do need to rehearse when it comes to lines and a character. But if you're being yourself, and especially if they're like improv, welcome. Do not rehearse your improv; it sounds <laughs> super forced. <laughs> so so yeah, that's a big part of it of, of prep for. Depending on the job, it's all different. And prep for the like I said, prep for that morning celebrity whatever interview show is like eat oatmeal do yeah. push-ups, right. drink water yeah. and um, be kind to everybody <laughs> because there's a ton of people there that yeah. also had to get up that early. Right. Yeah. That don't get to look pretty and be on camera, you know, like they've yeah. got a job to do and they do not want your bull crap. So no. be very, very kind.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and treat people with the respect you want. That's, that's what I learned about working on shoots. Like it's a huge team mm-hmm. and no matter how annoyed you are, they are doubly annoyed because yeah. they got there before you. So right. especially a crew. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. As talent, when it comes to on-camera stuff and working in a group, it is truly a group effort. Even yeah. if you're watching Top Gun and you're thinking about Tom Cruise, or you're thinking about Miles Teller. Now, mm-hmm. it's so much more than them. Yeah, it's the guy that wrote <laughs> "like it's it's everybody." Okay,
0: it's definitely that guy. Yes,
1: yeah, that definitely guy. Definitely that. <laughs> or girl who knows. Yeah, whoever. Yeah. So I do want to talk about recent project was up early tonight, which what you hosted late night show, but specifically a late night show like about and for well, not just for moms, but moms are really a focus, um, which is not something you see in late night comedy. You do a scary mommy. It's um, so like a really realistic humor about being a mom. So can you tell us about kind of how that project came together how you got scary
2: mommy is great yeah. scary mommy is still so funny um, yes. i see them mostly on instagram i don't know if they yeah. have a website uh, but back in the days of like blogs and websites mm-hmm. yeah scary mommy had the content for parents yeah. and even the show was good for people who aren't parents too right? everybody yeah. has a child in their life that they uh-huh. think about sometimes like a niece or yeah. nephew or a neighbor or you see yes, them. so definitely. or there or there are still an adult child and yes. they deal with their parents like <laughs> the show was super relatable to mm. um to anybody that had that experience of like losing sleep or putting others before them. Yeah. In this particular instance, it was a very candid show. So it wasn't just like, oh, here's how to pick the right applesauce and right. here's the gogurt your kids are going to love. It. it was more yeah. like foreplay to me is when my husband folds the laundry. You yeah, know I mean? <laughs> And so it would just be like an open with a monologue and then I would take it to a panel. It had Ophira Eisenberg, Amina Imani, Esther Steinberg and uh, some special guests. It had wow. sketch that it would cut to from people yeah. who I met through UCB and oh, awesome. um, the pit, People's Improv Theater. And so it would it was written in L.A., I believe, or that the writing team was located in L.A. And I was the host, the talent, and I would read. Some punch-up happened in real time, but very little. Only if it was sounding stale or we were getting tired. Yeah, yeah <laughs> He'd be yeah. like, infuse it with your yes. own something because whatever <laughs> you're saying isn't working. And so I would try to do that. One thing that's funny working on camera yeah. is I try really hard not to yawn. But then when I think about don't yawn, I just, my mouth is yeah, really, like, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, like I start Stop. sucking in the oxygen, yeah. like,
2: oh, I'm going to yawn. So I just like squeeze my face and just feel like, <laughs> I'm not yawning the hours can be long. So mm-hmm. you got to, I don't know what you need to do. Put some, drink some hot sauce or something. I yeah. don't know. I never did that. I but wake you up. <laughs> that Well, what I'm learning now after having um, created a habit of eating three dinners is that diet does affect your mood. So
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe on set, I would eat a lot less Cheez-Its and yeah. more just like Crunchy apples. Yeah. <laughs> just walk around with an apple and a glass of water and be like, good right. morning, everybody.
1: <laughs> I'm ready to film.
2: That's a tip no one says. No one ever says in their Oscar thank you speech, I'm so glad I had a crunchy apple. Exactly. But that's got to be a tip.
1: Um, so do you have any moments from your career that are just really unbelievable moments where you're like, I can't believe this is what my job is right now? Or moments where you're like, I can't believe this is what my job is right now.
2: I dreamed big at the onset and I wanted to do a lot of things and I still want to do some more things. So every time I actually accomplished something that was on the list of things I wanted to get done, for Mm. example, when I was a little kid, I would reenact commercials at the table before I ate the cereal. It was much more interesting to me to pretend like someone was watching me eat it than it was to just enjoy a a bowl (laughs) of Fruity Pebbles. And so, um, so like to actually have shot a commercial. I think the very first one I was shooting, I definitely was mindful of the fact that I'd wanted to do that since I was little, Mm -hmm. especially when I shot my first... The first one I did was like for Spectrum or it was for Time Warner Cable or something like that. And uh, and they had everybody in colorful bodysuits representing pixels of a television. And so that was really, really fun, but it wasn't like... I also wanted to do like a food one mm-hmm. and sure. I wanted to do a food one as a kid because I thought it'd be really cool to get to eat Kit Kats all day or whatever yeah. it is you're advertising. It's, like, right. yeah. it's one thing to eat the bag of Doritos. Your mom lets you have at a slumber party, but it's another to be like, I'm eating Doritos on set all day. And I'm getting yeah. paid to eat Doritos now the reality of that when I finally did shoot my first food ad, I think it was, um, cream cheese and I'm lactose intolerant, which I didn't tell them. And I was deathly afraid of them finding out and then firing me, but I, um, but I ate it and, Mm -hmm. uh, I just got so sick after like 15 bites. Like there, I didn't realize there's a limit. And they were like, Hey, we have a spit bucket. If you want to just take a bite and toss it, you can. And I was like, I'm good. This is well my dream. Right. Yeah. I came to eat all of the cream yep.
1: cheese. Yeah. It, was like, it was
2: like muffins and yeah. it was so much good stuff. And uh, I definitely was like, I can't look at cream cheese yeah. for a month. <laughs> it was. And they were like, you know, ma'am, you can use the spit bucket. And I was yeah. like, I will. I will use it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, just that of just like, so I wasn't like, can you believe I'm here? I was just right. like, yep. This yeah. is what I, this, it's yep. like that, have you seen that GIF or that like meme of uh, Al Pacino and Scarface going, I work hard for this yeah. and he's yeah. in a hot tub yeah. and it's yeah. just like, I deserve this. Um, I felt like that a lot at the onset. And I think when it goes away, because there are a lot of like, there's downtime in entertainment yeah. and waiting. Now you're not waiting, doing nothing. You're waiting and right. you're writing, you're waiting, you're planning, you're waiting and you're auditioning. Yeah. But the times where you are not on set, mm-hmm. that's when you're like, wow. I can't believe I got to do that. Yeah. I hope I get to do that again. Yeah,
0: sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's the hope part. That's mm-hmm. the wow. But I mean, like one truly, truly special moment that I really did try to let sink in was I was called the day of to fill in for somebody to open for Aretha Franklin at Radio City Music Hall. Whoa. Yeah. And it was just like a little 20 minute set, warm up the yeah. crowd. It wasn't going to be on TV or anything, but it was the biggest room I'd ever played it was one of the oldest most hallowed things I'd heard of and on the way to uh Radio City it's just like you're in New York you're in Manhattan so you're riding the train right. now I had ridden the same train to get to you know a job like to come home from an open mic at midnight to yeah. have to get up to work as a secretary the next day at 6 or I had ridden that same train like at night Um, like, or at 4am when all everybody else on the car is a man and he's asleep and he's got like a construction job to get to. And it's just me like wide awake, hoping that I don't get mugged. Um, you know, so it's like, it's a train, it's not glamorous, but, but to like get off at that and see a poster of the Rockets and being like, I'm going in there and walking on the dressing room floor, you know, and all that stuff. And I feel that way about any time I'm doing something entertainment where it's just kind of like you walk by a famous dressing room or you walk in a hallway with um, framed photos of people who've done, like I've um, done sketch on the late show with Stephen Colbert, just seeing like the hallowed hallways. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really, really interesting. And it's really, really cool to say I've gotten to where I hoped I would be when I was a little kid and I'm on the other side of the camera when I used to mm-hmm. just watch it on a little TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, those things are very cool. Mm-hmm. But it's not cool when you open your fridge and you're like, I can't believe I have two pieces
1: of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Honestly, I think like if you are caught up in that, you do not need to stay miserable. You can leave any That's yeah. the beauty. Yeah. I quit comedy like once a month. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so humbling. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I do not have to take this. And then I get back up
0: and I'm like, oh, that
2: audience was sweet. You know, we had a good time.
1: <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll keep doing it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, Abby, we have one more question before you, before we move on to talk about yeah. the movie. Okay. So that question is, and you already hit a little bit of this, but. What advice do you have for people who want to either get into standup or into hosting or commercials or just the entertainment business in general?
2: See, that's the thing. I don't think I they can do what I did, which was I think I actually had to go to a library and look up books that said, how do you do this? I think yeah. now they can just watch a YouTube video and sure. take a free tutorial. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, the lesson is the same. Whatever it is you want to do, figure out the steps it takes to get there and also be in touch with people who you know who are in the industry and take them out for coffee or ask them questions, take classes, of course, for this. But also, I know a lot of people become screenwriters because they like telling stories, which mm-hmm. I never understood. I wanted to perform. Yeah. And I'm finding a lot of my peers do screenwrite. Like they, they, they move to L.A. and they write screenplays. And I don't mind collaborating on a fun idea if that is like the reason to do a screenplay. Like if you're, I don't know, let's just say you have representation that's like, they want you to write a movie or this is the next step you should do. I'm all good with next steps, but I never dreamed of being, I don't know, Steven Spielberg. I don't, I still don't even know like screenwriters. Like who are the famous people who've written Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. So as a kid, I did not dream of like putting this on paper yeah. and seeing, you know, cause that to me broke down the fantasy of what I was watching. Sure. Right. But I could mimic what I was seeing on screen. So I was kind of more interested in being talent first. And then when I realized that talent really has no power and that I also am a creative and I do make up stories yeah. and I make yep. up characters and I make up scenarios. And then I also talk about my life pretty well and can paint good pictures yeah then I started to see where I fit and when I was a child social media didn't even exist yet so right. I had a knack for social media but I didn't know about that when I was young right so it's not like you you have to do exactly what you dream of I also mm-hmm. think it's silly when people go to college that they are supposed to declare a major because yeah. I feel like how can you possibly know what you want to do with the rest of your life when you don't know who you are right, right. so I think tap into what your gifts are here's my mm-hmm. tip What do you like to do? What is fun for you? And some people, it's playing video games. And then they become people who record themselves playing video games on YouTube and they make millions of dollars. So, (laughs) I mean, truly try to, especially if you have the luxury of living in the United States Mm -hmm. and if your audience extends beyond the United States, that's fine too. But in this country, if you are able to foster an idea and you have loving family or friends that can support you I think support you emotionally I don't know about financially but right. you know like emotionally if they're like do it you can do it yeah um, then I would say try it see see how much you like that because yeah. once it becomes actual work then that's different yeah. but if you're kind of cultivating what makes you tick and what makes you interested in life and interested in other people then I think you're gonna be on the right path to finding something that you actually enjoy doing.
0: Well, let's get to our featured film. Today we're discussing the 1989 romantic comedy When Harry Met Sally. It was written by Nora Ephron and was directed by Rob Reiner. It stars Meg Ryan, Billy Crystal, and Carrie Fisher. It was nominated in 1990 for the Oscar for Best Writing of a Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen. So, Susan, us a quick breakdown. What is this movie about?
1: Yeah, so... This is a very classic romantic comedy. Starts out in 1977. We see Harry and Sally meeting. They're driving from University of Chicago to New York to move there. Uh, I don't think either of them know anyone else. Uh, Harry's saying goodbye to his girlfriend, who is Sally's friend. So they're stuck in this car together. They discuss mostly a lot of things, but mostly about whether a man and women could be friends. Um, And Harry is adamant that they cannot be friends because they're always thinking about sleeping with each other. Um, and obviously Sally disagrees with them because she disagrees with them about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so we see they go to New York. We think they're parting ways. No, don't know if they're going to see each other again. Although we're probably going to spoil this movie because it was it's from yeah. 1989. So yeah. um, if you haven't seen it, stop listening and go watch it. But then we just see them at different points where they reconnect and they become they kind of reconnect as acquaintances, reconnect as friends. They try to get their friends to start dating each other. That does not. Go, well, no, they... It does work yeah, out. It works out for their friends, um, and eventually them. So we just see the different stages of their friendship developing into what becomes
0: a romance.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Excellent. Aw,
2: makes me want to watch it right now. I know. <laughs> so,
0: Abby, you chose this movie for us to watch. Why did you choose When Harry Met Sally?
2: Ah, uh, When Harry Met Sally. One fun thing. First of all, I saw it in the theater when I was a child. Actually, I saw... I saw some other movie, like Edward Scissorhands or something. Right. I forget what else came out that year. And then my movie ended early and I was with, I think, my sister or someone else. And we went to see my mom and her friend, who were adults, yeah. watching the end of When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. And the friend said, oh, we came late to the movie. Can we watch The Beginning all over again? So I got to see a sneak peek of the grown-up film. Wow. And um, and so it was that film. Like, it was just imprinted on me early about yeah. like Billy Crystal. Also, Billy mm-hmm. Crystal had been hosting the oscars Mm -hmm. in that era and he was in city slickers which i did see maybe on vhs maybe in the theater i can't remember but uh, did he do any voiceovers for cartoons i don't know but anyway probably did oh definitely yeah well robin williams certainly did and he and robin williams were friends they would do like uh i forget what they would do on comedy central but We had Comedy Central and we could Mm -hmm. see that they were doing some like fundraiser through the years. I want to say it was for veterans, but I really can't remember what it was for. Yeah, And Whoopi Goldberg was a part of that. And I loved Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, Mm -hmm. So like, so Billy Crystal was I was just like a fan. It was, it was those three and Steve Martin and Bette Midler. And those were like the comedy Mount Rushmore for me. Sure. At the time. And then there was Meg Ryan who... She was so likable in the film mm-hmm. and I can't remember where else I... Oh, I saw her with Tom Hanks in Joe Versus the Volcano. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw her in other stuff too but but those are my earlier memories of them so I just liked those two. They seem like real people to me yes. mm-hmm. and I didn't get any of the comedy as a kid like when it finally <laughs> came on TV and I watched it. I, I just got the romance and I yeah. got like the conflict and the fighting Yeah, and then as a 20-something somehow I got a hold of the DVD and I really could appreciate and I was like I'm an adult and I get this film now and I get all the references there were still things I was missing like Carrie Fisher being Debbie Reynolds' daughter like I hadn't yeah. learned any of that yet or being Princess Leia in Star Wars like right. I didn't make that connection sure. yeah, yeah, yeah she was just the friend in this. right? But, um, but every time I come back to it, which is like every few years, I see it differently. And I was telling you guys before the show started, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to watch now because I'm older than the characters. Yeah. Like yeah. all the way through life, I was younger than them and looking forward to, this is mm-hmm. what the thirties means. And this is what almost being 40 means. And now it's just kind of like, you know, I'm not dating. I have a family. I remember Sally's crying about, will she ever have a family yeah. in this? Right. And I've been at that stage in my life too, but yeah. They didn't know what they wanted for their careers, and then they had, like, they established themselves in their careers. So I think there's just a lot about coming of age and mm-hmm. coming into stages of adulthood that appeal to me. And it's yeah. super, super funny. Like, yeah, it's so, so quotable. Yeah. <laughs> So funny, yeah. Um, and then I got to when I worked at People, I got to interview Rob Reiner, which was so great. He was one of the few people that just sat without an entourage, yeah, and would come on set before it was time to shoot. Like some people would just stay hidden until it was time for them to come out, and then they would shoot and then they'd leave immediately. He was just twiddling his thumb, sitting there and asking people, How are you? Where are you from? Oh, cool, Oh, oh my gosh, it was so down to earth, and I just was just like. I didn't tell him that <laughs> When Harry Met Sally was my favorite film because I feel like a million people probably do that to yeah. him all the time. Sure, of course. Or that his dad is a comedy legend and I'm secret. I'm also a stand up. Like <laughs> as a host, I always felt like, do I tell them I also right. do stand up or do yeah. I not bring it up because I'm not going to do a bit for them? Right. Um, so so getting to meet him made that movie even more That's special. really cool. And at the time he was saying, if you ever want to make movies, fund it yourself, because trying to pitch it to studios is hard. And I was like, Rob Reiner saying this? Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> not he just get to walk in and say, I'm Rob Reiner? Yeah, and they go, here you go. This. Yeah. And so for him being like, save up your pennies, kids, and try to make what you can. If you yeah. really love the project, I was just like, oh, this is a cutthroat business.
0: <laughs> yeah, even Rob Reiner doesn't have it easy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> That's wild. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there because- these characters are so realistic. Like mm-hmm. if you think of like classic romantic comedies, this isn't the normal like formula, right? There's kind of a meet cute at mm-hmm. the top where, you know, this Billy Crystal is very kind of awkwardly making out with his girlfriend. And, and then Meg Ryan drives up right away. It's right at the top of the film.
2: But that's like, to me, that's the opposite of a meet cute. They don't yeah. bump yeah, into each right. other and immediately fall. They hate each other.
0: Yeah. Just, that's exactly he's right. like, you're
1: uptight. And she's like, you're disgusting. Yeah. And- that's what's so funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's, he's literally kissing another woman when they meet. Right. So I, <laughs> right. It's
0: it's cute for him. But, yeah. Um, they definitely, yeah, they're polar opposites, right? Mm-hmm. And wa- and watching them sort of being forced throughout the story to interact with each other and run into each other over and over again until they're finally become close yeah such a great film and you know it's really phenomenal to watch these characters change through their lives Mm -hmm. but also like not really because i mean they both have like a strong point of view and there's so many romantic comedies about like you know people changing to like become who they really should be Mm -hmm. but these characters really do stay kind of similar to who they really are. They just change about how they feel about each other. Mm -hmm.
2: True. And they also, they have personal evolutions, you know, he comes around to, because it's very good at showing like how concrete you are in your 20s about like, I know what life is, okay? And then 30s you're like, everything I knew makes no sense. Uh Who am I? (laughs) And then you're like, I know what I want out of life and I'm gonna get it. You know, like they all have these different stages. I also love how beautiful New York is. Like Mm -hmm. they really capture it. The fall, I watch it every fall because it looks so beautiful in the fall. And I I love that their hairstyles changed yes. through the decades and it's not just a wig. It's like no. their whole style changes yeah. and how they carry themselves changes. So they truly seem like they're aging. It's yeah. just, it's a good film. Y'all. Yeah. It's
1: really well done, really well written. Um, it just, it's such a real relationship. I think that's why I like it. And I don't watch a ton of romantic comedies. I, I did for a while, but like so realistic, like their friendship is real realistic. You know, she has to watch him react to like the fail- his failed marriage, seeing his ex-wife around when they're trying mm-hmm. to just have fun and sing karaoke. And she's such a good friend to him in those moments. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's a good friend to her in certain moments. So I just like how realistic... Ah, uh, the friendship is as they build it through the movie. It's I also like, love
0: yeah. their screwball friends. Yeah, they're—I <laughs> mean—they're uh, they, I mean, they're so dumb and so like clueless, but the, you know they are such good foils for the main characters, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean Billy Crystal, it just has a smart line for everything, and his friend is just so frustrated all the time. Uh, <laughs> but it's just great to watch. And same thing. Yeah, with but Gary they both Fisher love baseball. Right, yeah, right. they're friends. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You see why they are choosing the company of the yes. people they
1: choose. And exactly. yeah. I think Carrie Fisher was a pretty, she was a pretty smart friend when she gave advice to other people. She just was dating that married guy for too long. You know, like, yeah. you don't see it when right. it's your We you have, it it yeah, itself. I yeah. mean, everybody has that
2: friend that, like, yeah. you're like, you're so smart everywhere else. Why yeah. are you unlucky in <laughs> yeah. love? And they're just like,
1: I'm gonna change. I promise. Right. Yeah. yeah sure. So I thought she was a very real, they were both pretty realistic characters. And mm-hmm. I thought they were both, like, the friendships were all great in this movie. Yeah.
0: I love, love, love the scene where Billy Crystal's talking to his buddy at the baseball game, and they're doing the wave mm-hmm. in the middle of their conversation. It's yeah. such like a perfect button on the scene. They do you know the wave three times, which is classic in comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout their little chat about how frustrated he is with his relationship. And, but in the mean, meanwhile, this whole thing's kind of going on in the background of like literally like doing the wave of like celebrating, you know, his wife
1: leaving him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I he's know, sharing some scenes. really hard intimate right. news. and every time he says something horrible, yeah. everybody stands up to cheer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
0: I, it's so, She's leaving
1: me. Woo!
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a classic. Oh, it's so perfect. Yeah. I love it.
1: That is really that well, is well done scene. And then, obviously, the very famous diner scene that yes. everybody knows. I think even if they haven't seen the movie, yeah. I'll have what you That one, mabby. see. Yeah, I was
2: too young to understand it at the time. Yeah, I'm sure I did. And sure didn't then, get it. as an adult, it's still not my favorite scene. Like, no. I get why it, it surprised people. I think because no. I lived through it being overdone and right. parodied so many right. places. Yeah. Right. So it's, it was cringy to me when I finally did understand the subject right. matter. I was just like, how did Meg Ryan do that? Oh, that's yeah. so embarrassing. Take yeah. after take. Now that I'm been an you know on set and stuff but it's like i get it it's just a job you're just working yeah um and it's great that it's so funny and effective but it's i forget that that scene's in there because i know and
1: there's there's so many i forgot when it happened because there's that first diner scene where they just get food and i was like is that where this scene happens they barely know (laughs) each other (laughs) and then i realized that was not when it was happening right right
0: yeah but i mean the film is so well directed and so well edited where like you know you'll have a scene like that and then the i'll have what she's having line is such a good punch to the, right. end of the scene and then boom we're cutting to the next thing yeah it's just the execution of this film is so sharp and like these people know comedy
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah the actors then the, the director yeah. and i believe that woman is rob reiner's mother yes. who says that yeah. line yeah um, it's, I, you know, and I forgot that Nora Ephron wrote it. Uh, I love her work. And so it's clearly a time where a woman is having the upper hand in a situation right. where yeah. I mean, typically it's a guy or, you know, the guy thinks he knows everything about what he's talking about here. Right. And she's, you know, telling him otherwise of yeah. like, you know, sometimes women fake their big moment in in the bed and he's like i doubt it and she's like i'll prove Uh, it and then so in public she does it and Mm -hmm. he's (laughs) i love how (laughs) he's not turned on at all he's irritated with her that she's so effective at (laughs) it
1: yeah (laughs) because she's
2: proving her point and then everybody can't help but turn and look and like what Mm -hmm. is happening to this lady Mm -hmm. it is funny now that i think about
0: it the acting is really good it's watching billy crystal's face also in that scene it's just like he changed his face just like shifts so dramatically, like, oh god, she's doing it right now. Yeah, like, oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. Are you proud of yourself? That's enough. yeah. Okay. My one of my favorite scenes is uh, Jess and I, I forget her friend's name, but anyway, Carrie Fisher's um, character goes on a double date with Billy Crystal, right. and Meg Ryan goes with Billy's friend, mm-hmm. um, Bruno Kirby. Is that his name? Bruno, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. And so, uh, whose father appears in some episodes of Columbo and Murder, She Wrote, as I noticed oh. as I watched them later. So he's cool. Nice. They don't hit it off with each other, but then they randomly hit it off across the table with one another. Right. Uh, just that whole interaction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. I don't know that it was meant to be as funny as it is. Yeah. I guess because it's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Sure. But just the fact that they do not click with each other. I think that's what really kills me is that they're just like having the worst night of their lives and then randomly (laughs) someone says something interesting to them across the table. And then they're like, Oh, you, I like, yeah. Like, Oh,
1: let's switch things around here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that ever
2: happens in real life, but I love seeing that happen that play out on screen. Mm
0: -hmm. And right after that, where they're walking home from the restaurant and they're both getting advice from their friend of like, Hey, you know, um, wait a week, you know, Ryan and Billy Chris are both telling their friends to wait.
2: Yeah, and don't then, like, let don't let my buddy down easy if you're not yeah, yeah. interested.
0: Exactly, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then both and then, immediately then, jump into a cab yeah, with yeah. each other. Yeah, get out of here right now. Yeah. you know, just great, great scene. Do you have a favorite scene?
1: I don't. I mean, both those. I love the wave scene. That I mean, those are both great scenes. I don't know if I have a favorite, but um, when they're arguing over that stupid wagon wheel table. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting just to see all four of them interact because um obviously Harry's trying to deal with the fact that he just had to. Oh, I also like the karaoke scene. Where they're singing in the store and then all of a sudden Billy Crystal's face drops yeah. and it takes mm-hmm. her a moment to figure out what's wrong with him and then his ex-wife Yeah, what's walks happening, up. yeah um And then that scene after with the wagon wheel table, where it's like, should we keep this? Should we not? And he uh, he's just completely seeing it through the lens of like, I just saw my ex wife. This is how we used to be, and now we're a wreck. And you guys just write your names in all your books so you know what who's is who's when you have to get a divorce. And yeah, they're excited like, about getting married, yeah, and they're having like, a little lovers' yeah, lovers' quarrel. And he's yeah, just like, he's been eh, such a bummer. Enjoy it a lot less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think we've
2: all been there, too. Like, whenever yeah. you're going through your hardship, you just yeah. can't enjoy anyone else's happiness. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And everything in this movie is so, like, 80s, 90s yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean... The,
0: the, the clothes, yeah. the style, everything. Yeah. Which is
1: not my favorite era of fashion, so even though mm-hmm. it's coming back in a big way, it kind sure of... Is. Um. I mean, yeah. It's very. it's also very heteronormative, and yeah. I don't right. remember any black people unless they were no. extras. So. No, that's
2: true. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that isn't it the perfect piece of art no for what it is because it's just a story you can not tell everyone's story at at the same time all the time right so i think for what it is Mm. in that time it felt very fresh and it felt very relatable and authentic Mm. um to a yeah to a young kid who didn't really even know what adulthood was like yeah it painted a very beautiful picture of oh they have big feelings and confusing moments too and yeah they get happy endings as well you know it's very beautiful
0: We like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling When Susan Met Abby. (laughs) (laughs) In honor of When Harry Met Sally, we're going to see how well both of you know rom-coms. Abby and Susan, you are playing as a team. Excellent. So here are the rules. I've given each of you a list of well-known movies. You will take turns describing the film's characters, setting, and plot to each other as quickly as you can. But you cannot use the title of the film. You will have two minutes to get your partner to guess as many as possible. And if you collectively get seven correct, then Abby will win our prize. And Susan, what's our prize?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, It is some Life in the Credits merchandise, like a shirt or a mug or something like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Can't wait. Perfect.
0: So you will have two minutes. And Abby, you have chosen to give clues first. So Susan, are you ready? I'm ready. Abby, are you ready?
2: I'm ready, Ben. All right. (laughs)
0: On your mark, get set, go
2: okay
1: this movie is big but with jennifer garner oh uh 13 going on 30 yes that's right um this movie is there's this really artsy girl who wears glasses and a popular jock is like i'm gonna turn her into the prom queen
2: yeah i do know that one but i don't remember the name of it oh it's uh she all she's all
0: that yes yes. two points
2: (laughs) okay um this is when the blonde-haired lady from Grey's Anatomy becomes pregnant from Seth Rogen.
1: Oh, um, yes, knocked up.
0: Yes, three yeah. points. Yeah.
1: All right. This rom com is heavily email based. Um, <laughs> you got mail. Yep. Four <laughs> Does that
2: count though? One no, point. Oh no. You're, you're good. You're good. Because I said okay. Okay. That's fine. She, oh wow! Great. Yeah. All right. Um, Jennifer Lopez is helping people uh, get married and dreams of getting married herself ever since she's a kid oh Ray Fiennes plays the love interest. Oh, wait, yeah, no, wait, one I'm minute. confusing
1: it with a different movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Fiennes is not in this one. <laughs> they came out. Did they come out very close together? I really feel is, like they did. This is the wedding planner. <laughs> yes, but you yes. are also referencing Made in Man. No, yeah, Made in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> she has five points. Four points. Yeah, we got double points You're for not that. Fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, this movie starred Amy Schumer. Her first big film. Uh, John Cena was in it. Uh, Le is Le it Rock. called Trainwreck? Yes. yes. Six points. Mm- one more um okay this marriage is what brings us together uh, today Spaceballs.
2: No, no no one
1: um princess bride yes. Oh, yes. i always get those confused um <laughs> i don't know why uh this is an abba song also the mama name. mia yep. yes Eight points.
2: okay um okay so tom hanks's wife dies but he falls in love with someone or someone left falls in lo- meg ryan falls in love with him through hearing his voice on the radio and this when he Calls Dude. in.
1: Sleepless in
2: Seattle. Yeah, that's right. Nine points, um, five okay.
1: Uh this uh Julia Roberts, Richard Gere,
0: uh, uh Brideway b- Bride. Oh pretty, 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 pretty one, pretty woman Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Those are both directions. Two
1: minutes.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that was a buzzer. Both great buzzer. Yeah, you guys clearly won. That yeah, was we easy. got it. Easy.
2: I didn't do, we, there were so many I didn't get to. I know. So, so I, what, I didn't one, get. to. Yeah. No, go ahead. What Palm fish wants, Springs, you
1: know? Palm Spring, Springs, Crazy Rich Asians. I've uh, seen Cra- Crazy Rich
2: Asians, but I didn't see Palm Springs.
1: Yeah, Palm Springs pretty good. was on Netflix.
0: Uh, and, oh. I think Hulu, I think.
1: Hulu, um, Okay. Crazy, stupid love and 10 things I hate about you. Cute. I forgot how to lose a guy in 10 days. I don't even oh, remember yeah.
0: who's in it. Is that uh, Matthew McConaughey? Kate Hudson.
2: Oh, and Kate yeah. Hudson. Yep. Isn't that called Failure to Launch? Oh, no, that's with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker.
1: Yes, but some, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Just Matthew, Just same poster of Matthew yes, McConaughey probably leaning in and they, Probably the exact same poster. They cut off the woman. They put <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, a new just woman. Insert.
2: I didn't yeah. get to Love Actually, which I love. Oh, Moonstruck, yeah. Struck, which I love. Yeah. And Struck is so, so good. Yeah, yeah. We did the others.
0: Yes. Well, well done. You guys did very, very well Thank with congratulations. Thanks, Ben. Who are you playing with? Um, I am the referee tonight.
1: <laughs> oh great. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go against yourself or something.
0: Uh next time, Abby, you can write the game and uh, Susan and I will play. Deal
2: <laughs> yeah, deal. Yeah. Ben's like, this is the movie I like, but don't remember, and right. then you like answer yourself.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, actually Mother uh, in law?
2: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs>
0: Well, before we let you go, Abby, is there anything that you would like to plug?
2: Gosh, I, I guess just if you can tune in, I guess on Hulu, you can see, you can do better, which I uh, yeah. hosted on True TV. Mm-hmm. You can still search for it. I looked for up early tonight and was not able to find it on Hulu, but yeah. do I search it for it. Yeah. There are clips. Okay. You looked, yeah. yeah, they may have, you know, ended their contract, but you can Google mm-hmm. uh, my name or Curly Comedy yes. on social media on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. My main, my main hubs are Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. and, um, and I'll share dates of when I'm performing live in New York City or if I'm going to be on the road you can find me there or interact with me and engage with me on Twitter until my next big project comes up
1: awesome perfect yeah
0: well thank you so much for doing this we really loved having you on the show
1: yeah yeah I I loved being here here. you guys are awesome thank you Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me Susan Swarner
0: and me Ben Bloom
1: it's executive produced by Michelle Levin
0: the music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge you can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSounds.com.
1: The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin.
0: If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at patreon.com.
1: If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at lifeinthecredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I feel like I'm teaching a masterclass I know. right now. I That's exactly too. what we want. This is great.
0: <laughs> awesome. Welcome to Skillshare. I'm yeah. your host, Addy. <laughs>